The Iowa Cubs have been sold. What does this mean for the organization's top farm team? The voice of the iCubs joins us next to discuss. Locked on Cubs coming at you. You are locked on Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, Lockdown Cubs rolling. Great to have you with us. Happy Thursday to you. Thanks for joining us this morning and every morning. It's great to have you along with us here on Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Want to thank you real quick, as we always do, for making us your first listen of the day. It means the world, really. Every download that we get, I appreciate it because I'm winging it here, man, but we're having fun. Iowa Cubs were recently sold. Um, First time that that's happened in 20-plus years. Nobody has a better beat on this team or the goings-on within the organization than the voice of the Iowa Cubs, Alex Cohen, and he joins us today. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Andrew. Thanks for having me on and uh, listen to that intro. I'm jacked up. I'm ready to play a baseball game, call a baseball game. So I like the intro music. I like the format of the podcast. And uh, yeah, everything's going well. Just uh, getting ready for the holidays. It's 67 degrees here at Principal Park today, which makes me feel like we should be having a 708 or 638 p.m. first pitch. But uh, that's for a couple months from now. But well, I was going to. I was going to say, I mean, it's unseasonably warm. You probably don't have a ton of golf time during the baseball season. Do you sneak some in after the season's done or what? I I try. Uh, Not only am I the broadcaster, travel coordinator, but I'm also the golf guy with the Iowa Cubs. So I coordinate all the the golf trade outs with the teams and um, the visiting team, the umpires, the bus drivers. I mean, anybody who wants a tee time, I'm the one who schedules it. So we have a we have a couple courses here in Iowa that uh, that have been really kind of to extend that deal with us. And um, my game is horrendous. So for me to go out and spend four hours doing something I'm terrible at is, is a tough sell. But uh, when I have the opportunity to do it, um, you know, I try. I'll put together three or four nice holes and call it a day. Well, I know you have a very impressive resume in the broadcast world, and, and you're a hell of a good broadcaster, too. I've told Thank you that you. before. But um you know, this this probably won't top your list on the resume, but you're the first guest that we've had since I took over the show. So for that, I thank you. We did it. We did it. I'm, <laughs> I'm number one. No, I, uh, I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I've talked to you about, you know, your career and, and obviously what you did with the Cubs and, you know, breaking into the the podcasting play-by-play realm. And I, I respect it. I admire it. And I, I think you do great work. I think you have a good voice. And, you know, I'm, I'm honored and I really appreciate you having me on. Well, Alex, thank you. That means a lot. I, I want to dive right in. MLB lockout, I know it's quiet. And, uh, you know, the minor league organizations are maybe affected a little differently by this lockout than, say, the parent club is. What's what's your first thought? What's your stance on this? I've, I've preached for the last several weeks that it's this is a good thing to be proactive and do this now yeah. in December rather than, you know, hopefully losing some games on the back end. But maybe that's yeah. a silly way to look at it. I don't know. From my standpoint, you know, being the AAA broadcaster for the Iowa Cubs, um, it doesn't affect us at all. If you look at 1994, um, it was minor league baseball, and minor league baseball was at the forefront. It just didn't include, you know, major league baseball players or 40-man roster players. Now, we might have different players here on April 5th or April 15th when our home opener is, 
but we will be playing baseball. The lockout does not impact us. I mean, we might not have you know, Christopher Morrell here because he's on the 40-man roster, but could have Brennan Davis because he's not on the 40-man roster. You know, could have Chase Strump. You could have uh, you know, guys who are, who are coming up through the organization that have not yet reached that clock to be on that 40-man roster. So from a day-to-day standpoint here at Principal Park, playing baseball games at the AAA level, it doesn't impact us, you know, fortunately. Now, for Major League Baseball fans, you have to think about when they're going out to spring training, when that process will start. Um, I think the discussions will certainly pick up, you know, come end of January, early February, as, you know, the time keeps on pressing on Major League Baseball on the schedule. But I'm pretty confident that they're not missing games. Now, I'm not saying that as an insider. I'm saying that as a baseball fan. To have two out of three years being impacted either by a lockout or COVID, that's not good for anybody. It's not good for the Players Association. It's not good for the owners. So I think they'll do everything that they can to you know, be patient, but also come March 29th when the game one of you know 162 is happening in Major League Baseball. I'm confident that they will be playing. What, uh, you know, there's so many things that go into this and it makes you realize how big of a business baseball is, because let's face it, that's that's the truth of the matter. And and one that most fans and myself like to talk about, it's fun, is is implementing the designated hitter in the National League. And I don't know, I'm an old man trapped in a 34 year old's body. I'm a purist. I love the pitchers <laughs> hit. Um but, you know, in, in the long run for teams and offenses and the Cubs specifically, it's probably a good thing if they have a, a, a DH in, in the NL. Where, where are you at on that? As somebody who's been in minor league baseball for 12 years, I don't ever need to see a pitcher hit. For the <laughs> um, just as somebody who, you know, who witnesses that and the nine hole just giving away and at bat, you know, three, four times a game, unless they're pinch hitting. Um I don't need to see any more soft tissue injuries with you know, pitchers running down to first. It's 2021. The game has shifted, and pitchers are not conditioned to do that. They're conditioned to be paid 100 to $300 million to go out there and throw 95 to 105 pitches. That's just the way that the game that's transitioned to. So, you know, Justin Steele steps in. He gets a ground ball to short. He pulls his hamstring, and he's out for two months. That, that, that ruins the value there. The value is different in 2021 than it was in 1991. That's just the nature of the business. It's the nature of baseball. So from a competitive standpoint, yeah, I don't need to see a nine-hole hitter or a nine-spot in an order, you know, getting on base 18% of the time and striking out 50% of the time. It's the waste of an at-bat between that and and pitchers being conditioned or not conditioned to run the bases and, and, and step into the batter's box and unfortunately get hurt time and time again. I don't need that. Uh, I'm pro DH at this point. You brought up a lot of young players that you've seen in Iowa that we are potentially going to see more of at the major league level. And I want to get into that a little bit. But before we do, I got to get off topic for a second. It is as if you're not busy enough during mm-hmm. the baseball season. You kind of moonlighted as a TV star here recently. <laughs> I had to go there. I'm sorry. I don't Well, you're I'm getting out the reaction. I, listen, I love the show. And what I'm talking about is you and your girlfriend were recently on an episode, well, not super recently, but of House Hunters. Yes. How, how was that? How was that? Well, you say that I moonlighted as a TV star. I am like best supporting actor. I mean, Tessa <laughs> is a uh, most outstanding actor. My dog is the second most outstanding actor. And I'm like a distant third in that. Um, how was that? It was a great story. I mean, it's something that we're going to be able to tell our family members and talk about with our family members for, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. I mean, they'll always have the archives, the DVR. I don't think DVD will be as prevalent back there, but or back then, but... 
Um, it's just a great story. And, and it's one of those where we really didn't see coming. You know, Tessa woke up one morning a little bit early and said, hey, you know, we're in the process of buying a home. Like, let's see if we can be on HDTV. I'm like, knock yourself out. I don't care. Go yeah, for it. Yeah. Uh, two weeks later, we're getting interviewed. And four weeks later, we're filming. It just happened like that. So um, being able to go through that. And then, yeah, obviously, March 29th, it debuted. And I was Twitter's favorite villain. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, this girl is beautiful and smart and he's not a corpse. I mean, just, just some of the, <laughs> the the Twitter feedback was uh, it was incredible. I mean, there are dedicated House Hunter tweeters, you know, every Tuesday night, 830. They they go at it for 24 minutes. And if I wasn't looking at it, every single one of my friends and family members was. So I have more screenshots on my phone from from Twitter for my family members and friends that I ever wanted. People don't forget. I mean, that'll always stay in the archives. But um, overall, I mean, it was just a great experience. It was a lot of fun. Would I do it again? Um, <laughs> to be determined. Uh, it's whatever the girlfriend wants. We'll, we'll go with that. That's a great answer. And congrats on the new house. I, I think that's really cool. I'm glad that worked out. You obviously purchased a home, so that's good. But the whole process, I mean, so it was quick. I mean, start to finish, it was. Oh, yeah. Span span of four weeks. Uh, we signed up, interviewed, and, and they came to film us. And it wasn't just like a couple hours you're filming. It is five days, 10 hours a day, touring homes, interview sessions, make the decision, and and that's it. So it was um, it was very intensive. I was in a sitcom once. Way, this is way off, way back. It never aired. Long, long story short, oh, they, they, they aired. TV we're both they, TV stars. That's what yeah, you're right. They aired. Yeah. I think they aired five episodes of a twelve episode contract. I was in episode six, so I never hit the air. Long story short, I was a ring announcer in boxing. I, I feel you. We we taped for two, probably eighteen hour days. I was in this. I mean, I saw the finished product, even though it never aired, for like twenty two seconds. I mean, it was yeah. nuts. You know, it's, it's it's insane. I mean, just the the details and the equipment and you know what they they want shot i mean they, this is not their first rodeo it is right. not their hundredth rodeo it is not their thousandth rodeo they know what they're doing and it's yeah. a product and it's a great story and it's a great tv show and people love it for a reason the, the best part about it is you know we're, we're going around here in des moines and you know a couple of weeks later tess and i were on a golf course we were on a golf course playing crappy golf and we're on the i think the second hole Guy drives by, stops, and he points. He goes, you. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, whoa, how is this going to go? And he's like, you two. You were on my TV. I'm like, oh, okay. I see where this is going to go. It's like, oh, so you still have the house. Yes. Oh, you're still together. Oh, there's still element of shock there, I, I, I suppose. But, um, yeah, we've, we've been noticed a couple times around town. It's pretty strange. That's awesome. Good for you. That's fun. Alex and I are going to get into the sale of the Iowa Cubs here shortly. Before we do, I want to see if you've uh, heard about the new apparel from Stance, especially because they just launched their new line of active apparel. It's holiday gifting time. Stance is the coolest gift you can give, really. Share how incredibly comfortable and their, uh, their product is with all of your friends, from socks to shirts to joggers to hoodies. Maybe you've seen some of the new genres they have. I don't know. Uh, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, The Office, they really do cover it all. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Those who feel good, do good. See for yourself. Register for your own account today at stance.com. You can get 15% off your first purchase. Just use promo code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout to apply. 15% off your first purchase at stance.com. Sale of the iCubs conversation after this. This is Locked On Cubs with Alex Cohen. 
Everybody, welcome back to Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Bellison. Thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning and every morning and downloading us wherever you find your favorite podcast, always free and always available. At Chicago Cubs PA on Twitter, at Locked On Cubs for the show. Joined today by very talented voice of the Iowa Cubs, Alex Cohen. And Alex, for the first time in 20 plus years, new ownership for you guys in Iowa, um, you know, read a couple articles uh, and whatnot in the paper team was obviously bought by a California space, uh, California based sports and entertainment conglomerate called Endeavor. So this was a family owned team. Now it's not. Um, where does, where does this go for you guys? And, and ease our minds. The Iowa Cubs are not going anywhere, right? No, they're, they're not. And that that's the most important thing, you know, from an outsider's perspective, 99.9% of the people who go on our website, visit our social media, come to our baseball games, they will not notice a difference. The only difference right now is if you're a sponsor with the Iowa Cubs, it'll be different letterhead on the agreement. Um, everything is as usual. Our ticket prices stay the same. Our sponsorship stays the same. Our picnic prices stay the same. Our merchandise stays the same. All of our social media handles stay the same. So it is business as usual here. Obviously, it's bittersweet. Um, our ownership group was special. You know, the Gartner family special. Mike Judas, SC special. Doug Dorner special. And uh, Sam Burnaby, who is our team president, who is staying on for uh, at least three years. He was part of our ownership group. He's our team president. So uh, he's still here. He'll be working with this. And that's what I have the most faith in. You know, everyone's afraid that, you know, this national conglomerate is going to take over this locally run team. Well, our team president, our spokesperson is from Des Moines. You know, he's worked for the team for 40 years. Those local roots will not be changed. They will be here. They will be present. It will be the same, um, at least for the short term. So come 2022, you come down to a baseball game, you will not know the difference. You know, in years to come, obviously, this is a, a national firm with deep pockets. They're buying minor league baseball teams. They bought 10. They're rumored to buy, you know, 10, 20, 30 more. So if you're talking about improvements needed for the ballpark, they'll, they'll be able to pull some money out of their sock and make that happen a little bit differently than a locally owned team. So, I mean, it's definitely a bittersweet thing, but it, it's the way that baseball is turning into from a minor league standpoint, obviously with, with major league baseball, minor league baseball, having a much different relationship now than they did you know, two, three years ago, you know, having a company like Endeavor, pulling together the money to own these teams and, and you put some unity when it comes to minor league baseball back again, in my opinion, it's a good thing. Now there'll be a transition of course. And you know, there are some fans that are going to want their owner here every day, like Mr. Gardner was. And I understand that. And I get that. And I respect that. But when it comes to the baseball viewing experience, when it comes to coming to an Iowa Cubs game and buying a ticket and buying a concession item, there's going to be no difference. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm excited that Sam's staying on. And I'm excited that we do have an answer of what's going to happen in the next one, three, five years. It's only good things for this ballpark. It's only good things for the Iowa Cubs. So I'm pretty excited about it. You touched on it a little bit, Alex. And, you know, the Iowa Cubs are a great draw. It's a, it's a great Midwest attraction. AAA baseball is sensational. They don't need help with a sales pitch. But if you've never been to Principal Park and you've never seen an Iowa Cubs game like myself, What's what's the sales pitch that you're given when you come to a, when you come to a game on any given day? My sales pitch is you come to a ballpark downtown. Uh, you sit anywhere in the stadium. There's not a bad seat. You're overlooking the Capitol. You're overlooking the river. It's going to be the best fan experience 
And I'm not saying that as part of hyperbole. It is the best fan experience I've ever seen as part of a minor league baseball game. And I've been calling games for 12 years. I've done it in three different states. I mean, it is the best atmosphere I've seen in minor league baseball. So to have all of that for, for a family affordable price, you can't really beat that. So, you know, just do your cross-country road trip, planning around an Iowa Cubs game, go down I-80, make a right turn, and then you're at Principal Park. It's easy as that. I love it. 2022 summer plans. Make them now. Yeah. You've seen a bunch of these young guns the Cubs have and otherwise, and we're going to see more and more of these guys up this year, I think. we kind of been dissecting the roster potentially for 2022 here on Locked On Cubs. I want to just run through some of these guys in a list and, and just get your thoughts because you've seen them for either yeah. a handful of games or, or maybe even more. And I want to start with, with Michael Hermosillo, who you know just signed a new contract. You saw him briefly last yeah. year. Anything stand out for you? He is such an explosive athlete. I mean, you look at the guy on paper and he was a four-star football recruit. He was supposed to go to Illinois and, you know, be a two-way player, baseball and football. And you can just see that with every swing and every step. He is a special breed of athlete. I mean, he legitimately has five tools. I mean, he has a plus arm. He can cover a lot of ground in the outfield. He hits some bombs for the powers there. The on-base percentage is there. He hit over 300 with us. And he's only 26 years old, so he's a guy that he was a two-sport athlete seriously up until he was 19 and didn't fully focus on baseball up until you know his adult years. So he is a 26-year-old baseball player with a 23-year-old baseball acumen. He's still growing. I, I really think the sky's the limit for him. I mean, I'm not saying that he'll be a all-star, but I think he could be an everyday player in the big leagues just because he can really hit for power. He can really young. He's an athlete. He has good baseball instincts. Um, and he's also a good team guy. So I'm, I am very high on Mike. I was always so jealous of guys like that. You know, you really start to focus on the game later on. Here's a guy like me, bust their butt for how many years to have yeah. a barely fledgling D3 career. I mean, for to, for guys for it to come that easy, it's just insane. Yeah, you, you see one ball that he hits, you're like, all right, that's different. That is why I am up here and there down there. It's <laughs> one of those. It's a different sound off the bat. You know, it's just such a different type of swing where the body connects. Like, And my swing's like Charles Barkley's. And, <laughs> and just watching him – you know, pepper balls to the gaps. And, you know, he went through a stretch this year where he had a home run one game, he had a home run and a triple the next game. And when he's locked in and things are clicking, he's a five-tool player. You mentioned this uh, this player briefly a little while ago, but how about 22-year-old Brennan Davis? You saw him a little bit last year, figured to see a lot more of him uh, in the future. Yeah, it was a soft uh, opening with Brendan Davis. His first AAA game, he had two home runs in his first two at-bats. So um, he didn't set the expectation high at all. <laughs> um, he's a legitimate hitter. He is a legitimate, like, 325 home runs, 25 doubles. He'll run a little bit on the base pass. He draws walks. His strike zone discipline is so much more advanced than his actual age. Uh, that's what I was most impressed with. I mean, you see guys come up with such a high billing. Sometimes they're over-aggressive, and you would see guys strike out 30%, 40% of the time. If for the first two weeks that he was here, he had more walks and strikeouts. Um, so just seeing that advance of a plate approach and, and just the raw hitting ability, the recognition of pitches. I, I was lucky enough in 2017 broadcasting with the Bowling Green Hot Rods um, to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. A-ball, Fernando Tatis Jr. A-ball, Bo Bichette at A-ball. And he's that type of hitter. Wow. That's a, that's really high praise. This one's kind of a wild card, but guy who is really good with you guys in 2021, just 24 years old. I think he's had a couple Tommy John surgeries. Ben Leeper, the reliever. Stud. 
Yeah. Absolute stud. And it's not just the stuff. I mean, power fastball, 96 to 98, power slider. I mean, he's a legitimate two-pitch back end of the bullpen type of guy, but it's the moxie. And it might be the red hair, and it might be the cap, and just like the way that he goes, like his body type, but he gives me such Craig Kimbrell vibes. And, and uh, it's difficult to be an eight-time All-Star, and then obviously he's Craig Kimbrell's going to make it to the Hall of Fame. So I'm not saying Ben Leeper's a Hall of Famer, but he just gives you that aura of a guy that when he gets on the mound, he's going to get guys out. He's going to blow you away. He smiles, and he's just such a good guy as well. So you know, people are like, he's undrafted, he's undrafted. Well, remember, he came in 2020 when there was only a five-round draft. So mm. he was a guy that even with the size and with his Tommy John surgeries, he was going to be a seventh to tenth round draft pick. Well, there weren't seven to ten rounds. There was only five. So I, I think that Ben, his ceiling is extremely high. His floor is extremely high. He will be in the big leagues. He will be a seventh, eighth inning guy just because he throws 96 to 98, and he has a plus slider. But that core might morph into him being a closer and him getting 30 to 40 saves. I think that's his high, but I think he's a surefire big leaguer and somebody who's going to be there you know, five to seven years if, if the health you know, maintains itself. You know, you play that game with your kids or niece or nephews, and you get three wishes. One of my wishes always was just to unleash one fastball that was 101 miles an hour to feel, just to feel what it feels like. Could you, you know, imagine? I've gotten the question: What would you rather do, hit a 500 foot home run or unleash a 100 mile per hour fastball? I honestly think unleashing the 100 mile per yeah. hour fastball, just to know that you got it in there, and it just. You know, a flame coming out of your right arm. I mean, there's no better feeling than that. Just once, just once. Um, talk a lot about some of these guys that we've seen a little bit of and, and more to come. Now, the Cubs were somewhat busy at the major league level before the lockout, you know, brought in, man, Stroman and the Clint Frazier deal. Uh, Wade Miley from the Reds a few weeks yeah. back off waivers. Um, shoot, Jan Gomes. Where do you grade them out? I mean, they were busier than I think a lot of people thought they may be, and I don't think they were done, but unfortunately, the clock stopped. Yeah, I don't think they're done. Um, I really like what they did with their starting rotation. Um, I think that if you look at the NL Central, you have a 1-2-3 of Kyle Hendricks, Wade Miley, Marcus Stroman. Not in any specific order, but just those three guys. They will give you an opportunity to win every series that you're in. So, you know, just having that three-headed monster at the top of the rotation, that will really help. I'm really interested to see what will happen with the back of the rotation. Justin Steele in glimpses showed that he could be a really integral piece to a starting rotation. Adver Alzali, up and down results, really good in the bullpen, but also had some nice starts. Alec Mills is just a guy who gives you quality starts, quality innings. Now the Cubs have a lot of depth when it comes to their starting pitching. So really interesting to see how that will shake out. I think the Jan Gomes signing really helps. I, obviously, you look at the Cubs last year, they had eight different catchers. I mean, from P.J. Higgins to Jose Lobatone to Taylor Gushu and all guys that were with the Iowa Cubs, and they were great and really helpful. But Jan Gomes, I mean, just look at the baseball reference page. He is such a, a, a baseball – he is a very diverse baseball career, somebody who's very valuable to a team. And somebody, if you keep Wilson Contreras, you're able to re-sign him, great. You're able to maintain himself. If not, he's a guy who could step in there – play 110 to 120 games and give you a viable you know, backup slash starting catcher. I argued with somebody that if Contreras is locked up after 2022, or at least for this coming season, with him and Gomes, you've got one of the best catching tandems in the National League. One of the best. It is yeah. The best. Yeah. Contreras is a – is an all-star year in and year out. And Jan Gomes, I mean, you've seen him play 140, 145 games in a season. So guess what? You know, DH comes, you let Wilson Contreras play 110 games behind the dish. You let him DH, 
you know, you're able to get Jan Gomes some at-bats, and just like that makes your lineup that much more potent. More with Alex here shortly. I want to talk about a story that I read about him from his rookie year in professional baseball. Before we get to that, I want to take this time to talk about Bet Online. They've got you covered all season long with more props, better odds, and better lines than ever before as football season pushes towards the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action all season long. Take advantage of their first deposit bonus 50%. Use code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N, to sign up. Your first deposit, they'll match. 50%. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Locked on Cubs rolls on after this. Welcome back to Locked on Cubs. Great to have you with us. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison, joined today by the voice of the Iowa Cubs, Alex Cohen. And Alex, I, I read this uh, online with an interview you did with somebody else. I think this was back in your first year in broadcasting. In uh, professional baseball, you got called into the manager's office before a game, <laughs> said you might have been a little nervous, which is understandable given given the context. But there was a surprise for you waiting on the other side of the door. Elaborate on that, could you? Yeah. So it was my first year of minor league baseball. It was 2012. I was in Huntsville, Alabama uh, with the Huntsville Stars AA affiliate for the Brewers. Me as a first year broadcaster, we had a first year manager. His name is Darnell Coles. One of the best guys I met in baseball, just such a good human being. Um, former first round draft pick for the Mariners. He had played in the big leagues for 10 years. And we were kind of going through it together. It was my first year as a lead voice. It was his first year as a manager. We were struggling a little bit as a team. Um, we were just trying to work through it together. I mean, we, he was, you know, I I went down to the office and he vented. You know, he came up into the booth and I vented. And we really helped out each other. First month of the year, we're in Jackson, Tennessee. It's game two of a five-game series. Jackson, Tennessee at that point. They were the double-A affiliate of the Seattle Mariners, so they had James Paxson, Taiwan Walker, Nick Franklin, Chris Taylor on that team. And it's our first game of the series. You know, Darnell, very mild-mannered person, he calls me at like 4.30 in the afternoon. They're about to take batting practice. And he had a couple four-letter words for me. He's like, you need to get down here right now. Like, you screwed this up. You screwed up the lineup car. You screwed up a roster move. Hangs up the phone. My immediate thought is, I've been in minor league baseball for three weeks. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to be made fun of on Deadspin, which I was later that year, but for good reason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I am just – my mind is going to the absolute worst. So I sprint. It's 99 deg you know, degrees out, Jackson, Tennessee in May. I am sweating. Their locker room was beyond the left field wall, so I sprint like 300 feet, which is like a year worth of sprinting for me. I, I knock on the door. I'm like, I'm going to get fired. I've, I have my phone on me. I'm, I'm going to get fired. This is it. Um, I open up the door and he's laughing at me. And I'm like, am I getting punked? Like, what is so funny? And there's a guy who's sitting with his face turning towards the desk, not towards me at the time laughing. Guy turns around. It's Ken Griffey Jr. And my jaw dropped. Now, Darnell knew. I and mean, we had talked before. Yeah, he asked who was my favorite team, who was my favorite player growing up. And I said, you know, I grew up a Philadelphia Phillies fan, but I was a center fielder in high school, center fielder growing up. And Ken Griffey Jr. was the reason why I played baseball. So he knew that. They played the prank on me. And uh, for the next hour, you know, we didn't do a pregame interview or anything like that. But, you know, the three of us just talked about life and sports. And it's something that that happened nine years ago. And I will never, ever forget it. 
I mean, for for guys like from our era, you and I, to walk in and see Junior sitting at the desk, man, that that would take you to your knees. And he's just I mean, got so much swag still. I mean, he, he laughs with that pearly white smile. Yeah. He wasn't wearing a backwards cap, but it was just like, oh, you're Ken Griffey Jr., man. Like, I – it was awesome. That's so cool. You know, a lot of, uh, you know, organizations, we don't hear enough of the minor league teams, in my opinion. And that changed a lot last year when when Marquis broadcast several of the Iowa Cubs games. And you had the chance to work with Elise Menneker. You guys were phenomenal together, Thank first you. of all. Great broadcast. That had to have been really neat for you, first of all. Great exposure for the Iowa Cubs. Great exposure for you. Different, you know, a different element. Um, but you guys you guys were awesome. And, and I'm sure that was very enjoyable. It was awesome uh, just because, you know, I've been broadcasting baseball games for 12 years and I've done some international work, you know, just calling baseball in Japan and Taiwan. And mm-hmm. that was a, a hybrid web TV stream, but never traditional television when it comes to baseball. I've done other sports, but not baseball. So for Marquee being able to make that type of investment um, in us and giving us their airtime and sending a lease down, I mean, it, it showed a lot on their part to make the not only just the marquee sports network and the Cubs branch, but also include all the minor league baseball teams to know we're under the umbrella of that organization. So that was pretty special. And being able to call 14 games on marquee sports network, some fun games, some not so fun games uh, really enjoyed that. And then also working with Elise. I mean, I don't know if you know, Elise friends of the podcast, know Elise, she is a pro um, in every sense of the word. And she came down here the day before, uh, her first game and 30 minutes before I met Elise, I was walking down the steps. I stepped in a hole and I had like a second degree ankle sprain. So I'm like hobbling <laughs> around doing our pregame hit, but um, she's a pro. I mean, she's not only a uh, hall of fame softball player when it comes to Cornell, she played overseas, um, but she just wants to be good. Uh, she comes down here. She talks to all the coaches. She talks to all the players. She has more notepads and pens than anybody I've ever seen. She's a student of the game and she's, She's pretty special when it comes to you know somebody to be able to work a three-hour game with. She's a star, uh, and Marky's lucky to have her. So being able to work with her for 14 games, I really enjoyed that. Can we expect more of that in the in the years to come? I sure as heck hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I sure as heck hope yeah. so. Nice. No, I do too. They were great broadcasts. I mean, yeah. really, really enjoyable. Yeah. No, we we enjoyed doing it. We had a lot of fun doing it. And and I know that with Major League Baseball, that is not their first priority right now, figuring out our, our marquee sports schedule. But um, I could imagine with, with the lockout impending and minor league baseball not being affected that, that the minor league baseball games might be even more important than they were last year. So that could uh, lend to other opportunities and increased exposure and more games. So we're taking it day by day, and I'm just really looking forward to getting to the 2022 season, getting fans in the ballpark, and having a normal year from a minor league standpoint. Yeah, so that's a that's a good plan. We will get there uh, sooner rather than later, hopefully. Couple rapid fires before we wrap it up, if you don't mind. Let's do it. You know, you said you weren't any good. I find that hard to believe. But ultimate foursome for you on the golf course. Who are the other three joining you in your perfect foursome? Okay, my ultimate foursome is me, Michael Jordan, because obviously he's competitive, loves to gamble, or you know, have some wagers when it comes sure. to. I, sure. I find it the most fun doing that. Um, so me, Michael Jordan, my grandfather, uh, who passed away in 2016, who taught me the game of golf, um, just because we would just get on each other's nerves for 18, 18 holes. So I would really enjoy doing that. And the last one, oh, that's tough. I mean, MJ would be really good. I, I mean, Tiger. T- teach me, Tiger, for 18 holes. 
Can't go wrong with that. Who's a yeah. dream broadcast partner for you for one game? Pat Hughes. Oh, great answer. Yeah. You a you Sherlock Holmes guy or a James Bond guy? James Bond. James Bond. Bond. Describe yourself in one word. <laughs> Eclectic. Uh, other than Locked On Cubs, of course, what podcast do you listen to regularly, if any? I listen to all the Cubs-related podcasts. Um, yeah, I listen to you know, I, I think that the Cubs have such a loyal minor league baseball fan base. Um, just some of the guys, Greg Huss, Tim Hove, uh, Josh Timmers, uh, Evan Altman, you know, guys who, you know, Bleacher Nation, I mean, Brett Taylor, they they do just such a good job of integrating like the fan part of it and the entertainment part of it, but also like knowing what the heck they talk about. So uh, just all the Cubs related podcasts. What's your ultimate pizza? Oh, just uh, margarita. Just margarita pizza. Thin. Simple. Oh, yeah. Thin crust, margarita pizza, New York style, folded up. I love Chicago style pizza. Do not get me wrong. But I can just eat simply more of the New York style pizza because you have one slice of Chicago pizza and I'm never going to be able to call a game for the next 72 hours because I'm sleeping. <laughs> um, just in, in in terms of convenience, just a thin margarita pizza would be uh i'm hungry now thinking about it simple and, and delicious i love yeah. you for this because you're a foodie at heart like i am uh -huh. and i gotta ask you being a philly guy is it like a cheesesteak or is it like a denick's you know roast pork broccoli rob kind of thing now now we can really talk um my dad's favorite sandwich is a denick's or a john's roast pork roast pork sandwich okay um now i mean we go to philadelphia if i'm taking you to philadelphia we're we're, get, we're going to john's roast pork right which is the best sandwich place in Philadelphia. You get a cheesesteak. I get a roast pork. We cut it in half and we split. I love it. I yeah. love it. Now we got plans for 2022 for sure. What's one thing you would change about the game of baseball if you could? Oh, DH. Universal DH. Already talked about it. Not even a question. Uh, beer, wine, bourbon, other? Beer. And if Alex Cohen's not the voice of the Iowa Cubs, what's he doing? When I was three years old, I wanted to be a weatherman, so I'd probably go into that. Uh, but if not, if weatherman's not in the cards, professional athlete not in the cards, uh, broadcasting baseball not in the cards, probably a teacher. I love it. Alex, I, I can't thank you enough for the time, first and foremost, and I meant it. You're awesome. You do great work. Um, I hope we get to hear more of you next year on Marquee, but otherwise, you know, we definitely tune in to listen. It just, you're always a great listen. You have such a good beat on this team. And I thank you so much for being the first guest with me on Lockdown Cubs. It really means a lot. You've been really good to me, and I, I truly do appreciate it. I am honored, uh, Locked On Cubs fans. It could only go up from here. Um, you know, I set the bar low, and now Andrew can over-deliver on the rest of the guests. But, uh, no, I appreciate you having me. Uh, good for you, man. Good for you being able to start this and, you know, enter the next phase of your broadcast career, and you do a great job. And there is no doubt that you're going to succeed in doing this. So, fans, keep on listening. It'll be good stuff. Alex, thank you very much. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We ask you to make Lockdown Bets your second listen. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, free and available on all platforms. Tomorrow, we take a look at the most irrelevant home run of 2021 out of all 5,944 of them hit throughout the course of the season. It's a lockout. We're drawing at straws, but it'll be fun. Happy Thursday, Alex. Thanks again. Lockdown Cubs back tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody.